You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Let's do this, Leroy Jenkins. We are back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We're going to turn on the 2019 draft spotlight to chat with another player who is in his draft eligible season, the NHL draft, right around the corner. And my guest this week comes from the Western Hockey League, and that makes it an in the dub segment brought to you by our good friends. At dubnetwork.ca, stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League, even now in what is now officially the offseason uh, in the WHL. Uh, dubnetwork.ca, make it one of your first stops every day. My guest today, one of the uh, players you'll hear very early, his name called out at the NHL draft this year. His name is Dylan Cousins, uh, coming to us from the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Welcome to the Pipeline Show. Dylan, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, let's start by uh, looking back at uh, the most recent events. And for you, I guess that would have been the World U18 and, and getting to play for Canada. It's interesting. Your your season this year kind of bookended by playing for Canada. Started way back in August at the, at the Holinka Gretzky Cup here in Edmonton and ended with Canada again at the World U18. Uh, what was uh, heading over to Sweden like for you this year? Yeah, it was definitely a great experience. Uh, I've never been over to that part of Europe, so... Just to be able to see Sweden and, and we only went to Finland a week earlier too. It was, it was a pretty cool experience and just another chance to represent Canada. Obviously, uh, we didn't have the result we wanted, but you know, just to meet with all the new guys and stuff and represent Canada again was a great experience for sure. How different was it from the Holinka Gretzky Cup at the start of the year? I mean, you get that you've played a full season. You're, was it a little bit different uh, at the end of the year compared to the start of the season? Yeah, it was definitely a little bit different. You know, we're all run down from either playoff runs of the long season that we had. So, yeah, so there's definitely some, like, kinks and injuries that we had. And, uh, you know, we're adding guys to our team as the tournament goes on. So it's a little different that way as well. But, you know, it, there's no excuses there. It was, it was a fun tournament to be a part of for sure. All right. Well, let's uh, ch- chat about the year as well with the uh, the Lethbridge Hurricanes. The playoffs obviously uh, ended uh, well before uh, you would have liked and uh, probably before most people expected. Uh, a first-round exit, seven-game series against the Calgary Hitmen. What went wrong for you guys? Yeah, we got off to a, a 2-0 lead, which was great. And, you know, I think we started getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe thought it was going to be a little, de- a little bit easy, but they, they battled back really hard and they, they kind of shocked us a little bit with those two games and how they ended up getting a 3-2 lead on us. And then we were chasing them the whole time. Uh, obviously, it, it didn't help that we didn't get to play in our home rank, but, yeah. you know, we can't make excuses there. Uh, they were playing in the same rink as us. It, it was unfortunate, but, you know, we had to deal with it. And then, you know, we, they shocked us in Game 7, and it was disappointing for us, for sure. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, you were playing at home in Lethbridge, but not at home. And I wondered if that was a, a factor from uh, from your perspective. And uh, interesting to, to hear you say that it was, even though, as you said, both teams uh, had to play in the same facility. But uh, not getting to play in familiar uh, grounds in, in, in a familiar rink, uh, using your own dressing room and all that stuff. Was it a challenge? Yeah, it was definitely a challenge. You know, we didn't even get to practice in that rink, really, because hmm. they had the U-Sports thing going on, too. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's a big difference playing in front of 5,500 fans and then to <laughs> 1,000 fans. Like, there's a big difference there, and it, it is unfortunate. Our, our fans, like, Ben Max is a tough building to play in, so... Uh, yeah, but once again, you know, we can't make excuses there. Obviously, it sucks, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Well, overall this year, uh, 84 points uh, for you. 34 of those were goals. Uh, this was your second season in the dub with uh, the Hurricanes this year. I got to think that you're pretty happy with the way things went for you on a on a personal level. Those are good numbers. 
yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good. You know, I think personally I could have maybe got more at a couple droughts, uh, scoring droughts and stuff, but you know, it kind of happens to everyone. So you can't think about that too much. And you just got to keep playing when you get in those droughts. But yeah, I, I was pretty happy with how my season went personally. I think I played a consistent year. Well, 30, what, 31 points more than you, you had in your rookie season and 12 more goals. Did, did you find what was different about year two for you from year one other than having a year under your belt and a little uh, natural maturity uh, and uh, maybe some comfort level uh, having gone through the league once before? What was the biggest difference from year one and two? Yeah, I'd probably say, you know, it's a confidence, like not being afraid to, to try creative play and, you know, make a play and not being afraid to turn it over, I think, was the biggest thing and, and you know being like not a 16 year old uh, and playing with older guys I think I had a little more confidence there too uh, not always looking to move them the puck right away you know sometimes holding it on to a bit longer I think those are the biggest things just comfort level with the puck and you know, just being more creative and trying more risks I think was the biggest thing. Dylan Cousins of the Lethbridge Hurricanes is my guest here on the Pipeline Show in our 2019 draft spotlight segment. Uh, Dylan what we do in this part of the show is let the audience kind of get to know somebody that's in your position being uh, a draft eligible player this year and uh the audience is uh, across North America so not everybody that's hearing this will have uh, watched you play or there might even be some casual NHL fans that don't know who Dylan Cousins is so uh let's get to know you a bit more uh let's start at the beginning where are you from I'm from Whitehorse Yukon which is a great story obviously I mean it's been talked about a lot about how you're you kind of uh, taken on a pioneer role I think there's only been two players out of the out of uh out of the Yukon who have dressed in the NHL and not uh, for very long, I think. Uh, Peter Sturgeon, six games in the NHL with the uh, Colorado Rockies uh, way back when, and uh, Brian Baltimore, two games for the Edmonton Oilers back in the early 80s as well. I, hadn't, I actually hadn't even heard of either of those guys. Do you feel a, a bit of pressure as a pioneer uh, to, to lead the charge here for the UConn? Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely feel pressure up from here, but you know, I think I feel more support from everyone. They just they think it's so cool what's happening to me in there. They're all on board with it, and I just love to represent this place. And you know, I want to be a pioneer. I want to, you know, like make this a hockey town. Like, there's so many kids up here that love hockey, but it's just too hard to, and too expensive to move away. And it's it's a tough choice. But yeah, I definitely feel like like a pioneer sort of up here. And you know, I love to represent this place. And I'm happy to call this place my home. Awesome. Well, uh, tell tell us about um, you know playing minor hockey in Whitehorse, and then obviously before you get to the WHL, you you moved to BC for a couple of years and. It, that wasn't an easy decision for you. As you mentioned, it's it's an expensive sport, and, and moving that far away from home at that young age must be a, a bit frightening, too. Yeah, for sure. I was 14 years old when I moved away, so that was definitely tough on me and my family. Uh, you know, there's times I missed home, but I never really got homesick or anything and needed to be home. But um, it, we knew that's what we, I needed to do to move away and, you know, get out there for my WHL draft year. Um, and that was the biggest thing. And and then growing up here in Whitehorse, uh, we only had one rep team. So if say you're on like the Peewee rep team, you'd play in the Bantam House League against the older House League players. And then once you got to Bantam, you'd end up playing in the rec league against grown men. So mm. it definitely wasn't ideal. And we knew that I needed to get out and move away. When did it, when did it kind of click to you that um, it, you might have a future as a hockey player? Like playing in a situation like that in, in minor hockey, uh, I imagine there were some nights that were that were challenging, but you're also playing at times against full-grown men, as you said. If you're having any sort of success against the guys who are bigger and older and, and stronger than you, do you start getting a sense that, man, maybe I can do this? Um, I don't think it was really in Whitehorse when I realized that I needed to get out. It was 
more so in the tournaments that we'd go out and play every once in a while. And, mm. and like, I'd be out there being like a, one of the top players in the tournament. And then I, and then I knew like, okay, like I can compete. I need to get out of here and like play competitively. And, and yeah, so that's when I needed to, that's when I knew that I needed to move out more. Okay. Uh, tell me about the, uh, the WHL banner draft and what that experience was like for you. I, I talked to a lot of players on this show and, you know, some guys get to stay home from school and, uh, and they follow it along on their, on their phones in class or something like that. Uh, for you, because you weren't uh, living at home, uh, what was the banner draft day like for you? Um, kind of just a normal day. I, honestly, I, I went to school and then I'm not sure if it was during one of our breaks or something, but I just went with a couple other buddies, went computer. So, Pretty standard. Uh, I didn't skip school or anything. Just kind of okay. treated it as a normal day. Did you have any sort of expectation of uh, where you were going to go? I mean, you were eventually taken 19th overall in the in the first round uh, by the Hurricanes. But you know, were you waiting? Were you like, I don't know if I'm going to go in the first round? Did you expect to be top 10? What were your sort of pre uh, preconceived notions about what was going to happen? Yeah, just from talking to lots of the teams before the draft, uh, I did expect to go top 10, and I. Hmm. expected to go higher than Lethbridge Hurricanes. You know, teams said they, they were going to take me and stuff, but, you know, they say that to everyone. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's funny, but, you know, I'm really happy I ended up in Lethbridge. They, they've treated me so well and give me so much op- opportunity to succeed, so I wouldn't want to change where I got drafted at all. Well, when you look at the uh, the banner draft that year now, and it's only been a couple of years, but it, it is hard to imagine the, that you were still around at 19 when Lethbridge was picking at that spot. So, uh, yeah, I can understand why you expected to maybe go a little earlier. Uh, your first uh, stint in the WHL, uh, you, you got into three games uh, as a 15-year-old. Getting that small taste, did that help you get prepared for your what would be your full rookie season? Yeah, I also played uh, 12 games in the playoffs, too, as a 15-year-old. So right. that definitely helped a lot, too. Uh, um, you know, my coach used me uh, like on the second line sometimes. So it, it was definitely a little nerve-wracking being a 15-year-old and playing those big minutes with these 20-year-old players uh, in the playoffs is definitely crazy, but, you know, it was a great experience, and I think for sure that, you know, it showed me what I need to improve in the offseason and where I need to get stronger, and I think it definitely helped me going into my rookie year and helped build confidence going into my rookie year. I completely forgot that you'd played that many games in the playoffs, and not just played, but you you had eight points in 12 games in the playoffs uh, as a 15-year-old. <laughs> I mean, that's remarkable. Uh, I think, go back to, like, uh, a Braden Point or something when he was a 15-year-old. We saw him have a a pretty impressive uh, run in the playoffs as well. But you mentioned confidence. That's got to be huge for you as going into your rookie season. Yeah, it definitely helped for sure. Uh, you know, there's there's one goal there. I remember that I uh, was in game seven with about two minutes left and ended up tying it. We ended up winning. So hmm. that definitely, like, you know, boosted my confidence a lot going into my next year and just going out there and playing each game in the playoffs. Uh, like as hard as I could, and you know, it definitely helped me a lot for sure. Dylan, for for fans who haven't had a chance to watch you play, and, and uh, luck, fortunately, uh, I do uh, color for the Oil Kings, so I get to see you play a lot. Uh, but for the audience that might not get a chance to watch you play, how would you describe yourself as a player? You know, I describe myself as a as a fast two way player who's more of a shoot first guy, but can also make a pass and, and find the open guy. You know, I think I, I have good puck protection, and I think you know I do use my body to my advantage. Um, and yeah, I think the biggest thing is just built around speed and quickness. Well, there's a lot of guys out of the WHL uh, up for the draft this year. Is, is the draft something that's been on your mind much this season? I know most guys will tell me that they try not to think about it. Other guys say they, they actually look up the rankings and stuff all the time and, and use it as motivation. What about for you, Dylan? 
Um, yeah, I, you know, it's always in the back of your mind and there is times you think about it. It's not bad to think about it or anything, but you know, you try to, I try to block it out a little bit, especially when I'm on the ice, just block out all the noise and just focus on what I can control. Like those rankings, you, you can't control them and everyone has different opinions. And at the end of the day, they, they don't really need much. So it's all what the NHL team wants. Um, but yeah, I try to, you know, block it out as much as I can. And, you know, it doesn't hurt me when I see the rankings or anything. And obviously I hear about where I'm ranked and stuff, but you know, I don't go out of my way to search it up or anything. Well, and I mentioned uh, it's 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 a good year in the WHL for for the NHL draft. Uh, yourself and, and Peyton Krabs and Kirby Doc and Bowen Dwyer. I mean, all of you guys have been kind of linked closely together since you've come into the league, and uh, you're all going to be drafted, uh, I would guess, in the top ten. Does it matter to you? Uh, you know, if you're top three or top five or you know in the top ten, is it important to you for you to be? taken ahead of those guys or, or does it matter you know you're getting drafted i mean there's no pressure in that regard yeah you know at the end of the day it doesn't matter obviously you want to go as high as you can go and you want the teams to believe in you and take you high but at the end of the day it's, it's the nhl draft and you know i'm going to be so happy no matter where i go and you know there's so much work that's been put into this year and you know that it's only a month away it seems pretty crazy and and you know i'm excited to get there and you almost kind of want it want to get there and just skip to draft day but you know you just got to take it all in this year only happens once and yeah like i said i'm just going to be so excited no matter what team i go to and between now and the draft you have the nhl combine uh, that's kind of coming up here right away um i know some guys kind of get a little bit nervous you've got the physical testing and all the cameras in your face while you're riding the bike and maybe puking in the in the garbage can and all that stuff and then you've got the interview uh, situations and that can be stressful too walking into a, a hotel room with some you know, staring at some Hall of Famers or something like that while they grill you. Uh, how do you feel about it? Are you a, a little bit nervous at all? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm really nervous. Uh, I'm kind of excited just to get there again and see all my friends again and just be a part of it, you know, the combine. It, it's a pretty cool thing getting to meet with all the teams and, like, all their, you know, like, GMs and stuff. It's it's going to be pretty fun, I think. Uh, obviously, there's some tests that I'm not really looking forward to, but mm. – you know, everyone's got to do them, and you just kind of got to get them out of the way and then, you know, move on to the interviews and the fun stuff. This season has been so long. Does it almost feel like you've been running a marathon and that finish line is right there? And as excited as you are, will there be some relief once that finish line gets here and the draft is done with? Yeah, for sure. Like, there's, like, yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's been a lot of, you know, like emotions put into this year for sure. And, and, you know, once it happens, it's going to be kind of like all those emotions and stress just kind of letting out and, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be an exciting thing, and it's gonna kind of feel like a, a little weight lifted uh, off your shoulders. Yeah. And it's gonna be a great feeling, and as long as this year has felt, it's also gone by so quick from a hockey standpoint. You know, it seems like just like a month ago I was starting the season off. Like it's, it's crazy that it's already here, and there's no more hockey to be played before it. Dylan, could you watch the Memorial Cup, or what, did you uh, did you choose not to watch it because uh, you you'd prefer to be there instead of? Uh, of uh, watching it on TV, and some guys have told me that they can't watch it uh, if you're not playing in it. What about you? Um, no, I've watched a couple games. Uh, it's still cool to see how the WHL teams match up against the other teams, and you know, still rooting for them against the other leagues. But you know, obviously, I definitely wanted to be there this year, and you know, I, my team thought we had a legit chance at going there, <laughs> um, which has obviously ended short. But you know, I, I think I can, I can still watch it and you know, just enjoy it. Interesting when you say how the WHL teams match up with the others. Of course, it's been very publicized to hear that the, the WHL champion has really struggled at the Memorial Cup. The last what is it, thirteen game losing streak now? Yeah. Why do you think that is? 
Personally, I'd have to say that the WHL playoffs are just, you know, I don't obviously never played in the other leagues and got to experience it, but I'd say that there is like, it's more brutal. I'd say like the travel is, is crazy. Like, and you know, just the, like the, uh, physicalness in the games is just the physicality is just, uh, you know, like really hard. And, you know, there's lots of dirty stuff that goes on and their bodies kind of get beat down. So I think that definitely plays a part into it and having to go this year all the way across the country right after they won game seven and play like right away. Mm-hmm. Definitely didn't help them either. Uh, lastly, uh, growing up in uh, the Yukon, uh, pretty far away from an NHL team. Did you have uh, a, a favorite NHL team growing up? I did, yeah. Uh, you know, I saw Jonathan Taves as my role model, so I started training for him in the Chicago Blackhawks. And, mm. you know, they were my favorite team growing up. And, you know, now I, like, I still pay attention to them and stuff, but I don't really cheer for a certain team because, you know, I'll start cheering for a team uh, June 21st. That'll be my new favorite team. But That's right. Right. Yeah, as of right now, uh, you know, I don't really have a favorite team, but growing up, Chicago was always my favorite team. Excellent. Dylan, listen, I really appreciate you making time. I know it's a really busy uh, part of uh, the year as you got the combine here right away and you're enjoying a little downtime uh, maybe at this point. So I, I appreciate you making the time for the Pipeline Show. Thanks for this. Good luck at the draft, and uh, we'll talk to you next year when you come through Edmonton. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. A very well-spoken Dylan Cousins, and uh, I love how he, he talked about uh, the the pressure that he's feeling right now as being the pioneer, the guy who's going to put uh, White Horse and the Yukon on the map in terms of uh, developing players. And, uh, I mean, there were a couple guys, I mentioned it at the start of that interview, two guys who have played in the NHL who are from the Yukon, and I think it was a grand total of eight games, two of them for one guy and six for another guy over two years. So really there is no history there uh and uh dylan cousins i think it's fair to say he's going to be the guy uh who will uh, make a dent in the nhl as uh, the first guy from the yukon that's exciting but as he said there's some pressure that goes along with that and i think he's been handling that really well i like dylan cousins i like him a lot he's got size and he can shoot the puck Uh, saw that firsthand several times uh, this year Uh, Definitely a top 10 guy in my mind. That concludes the guest portion of uh, this week's episode. Next week on the show, while the Memorial Cup will be done, the NHL Combine will be going on. We'll see what happened in Halifax, and then we'll uh, maybe get somebody on who is in Buffalo. I don't know if it'll be a player or maybe a scout, maybe somebody from HockeyProspect.com. Who knows? The Black Book from HockeyProspect.com will be out shortly thereafter, and, uh, of course, we'll have Mark Edwards uh, and maybe uh, another uh, one or two of his guys uh, from his staff uh, on uh, before the NHL draft. Potentially the last show of May. I know May 31st is next Friday, so uh, might uh, have one right around uh, the, the last day of May. June is all NHL draft. So uh, if there's a prospect that's draft eligible this year that I haven't had on the show already, and you want to hear from that guy, let me know who that is. Fire me off uh, a tweet at TPS underscore geek. Uh, maybe you're, you're going to say, uh, I haven't heard from uh, Kirby Doc. And I'll uh, I'll send you the link. <laughs> I'll put it on Twitter. So you say, I haven't heard from Kirby Doc. I'll send you the, uh, you know, I'll reply to your tweet with the link to uh, when Kirby was on the show. And there'll be several players like that, I'm sure. You'll be, uh, yeah, I bet you haven't had John Farinacci on the show. Yes, I have. Uh, and I'll give you the link. So. Feel free to ask me for a player, and if I haven't had him on the show, I'll do my best to get him on. 
And if I have had the player and you just didn't hear it, I'll provide you the link so that you can. Thanks to the three guests that you heard from, and uh, between now and next week, get out and watch some prospect hockey or follow up, get educated on the draft so that you and I can talk about it next week here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, I'm Guy Flaming. See ya!